Hello, Rays fans. Welcome to another edition of the Weekly Overtake Podcast. This week, we're talking MotoGP in France at the Circuit of Le Mans. It's been an exciting free practice and qualifying session thus far, and we're here to get you ready for everything you need to know before tomorrow's race. Um, today with me, normally we'll have Taylor here. Uh, he's enjoying some some well-deserved family time, so we brought in Nash, who is a, a mutual friend of ours, uh, known him for many years. And has some experience, real-world experience on the bike. Um, uh, track day veteran, we'll say. Um, and he's here with us to help break down everything that's going on this weekend at Le Mans. How you doing, Nash? Good. How about you? Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Like, I listen to you guys every week, so it's kind of cool just to be able to do this, honestly. Absolutely. Uh, super excited. So I think it's, uh, you know, his first time getting out here and doing anything like this. And really, it's our first time, too, with Taylor and I. Like. This is the first season for 2019, so we're all learning and growing together, um, and we're all trying to have a good time and enjoy some good racing. So uh, we can start off with uh, news from the week. Actually, a pretty quiet week in MotoGP. Um, uh, had some issues with uh, Lorenzo at Honda, right? So he's not performing you know, as well as anticipated, but that tends to happen to a lot of riders that, that move from one team to another, and not just that, but you know, one, one bike to another. So going from the Ducati to the Honda. Uh, he's experiencing some struggles. Um, what do you see, Nash? What's going on with him? Like, uh, you know, what do you see for his future? I'm not too sure. There were talks that the uh, Italian and Spanish press had, they gave him an ultimatum, like, he will perform or your contract's going to be cut short. I heard during, I think it was FP1, that they interviewed. I had to try to do a quick interview with uh, team manager Alberto Puig, I think. Who how I say his last name? Uh, but he was upset to even ask that. He was disregarded. Like he was not having any of that at all. Just said, "Nope, not true. Leave me alone. It's a stupid question. Move on." Yeah, he he kind of came out and was like drawing the correlation between himself and Zarco. Uh, we know Zarco did well in the Tech Three or Tech Twa Yamaha team last year, satellite team. Um, he's moved over to KTM this year. Obviously, experiencing some struggles with the the new bike and KTM themselves trying to develop you know, as they, you know, as much as they can to, to be competitive uh, within the ranks of, of the GP. So lots of correlations drawn between Lorenzo and Zarco, at least in the interview, he seemed to deflect a lot and saying I'm similar to him. So look at him and how he's at the back and it's okay if I'm at the back too. You know, um, I think with Lorenzo, five-time champion, I mean, lots of credit to him on on that, but it's more of the what have you done for me lately, right? And I think until we see a good weekend out of him in maybe some adverse conditions where he performs. Um, There's going to be not much to look forward to uh, for Jorge Lorenzo, unfortunately. So, I mean, what do you, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, what do you got to say about that? He's got a lot put on him. Like you said, five time world champion. Like he's got, he was brought to that team and there was a lot of talk of him clashing with Marquez because they are both world champions and he's got so much expected out of him. To compare himself to Zarco isn't really fair. Zarco did very well in the Tech Twa team, and I mean he's going to develop a KTM. He's not expected to win a championship. They're expected to put that KTM in contention for points and do better with it. Um, also, HRC is known for being a pretty strict uh, group. Like they they don't mess around. They're there to win, and that's it. Yeah, they want results now, basically. Um, that's, it's, it's definitely that. Yeah. So, I mean, again, his teammate or teammate, I say that cause F1, right. Sorry. 
Um, yeah. Doesn't really translate to MotoGP, but his his compatriot, uh, Mark Marquez, he's obviously arguably against, it's one of the worst guys you can compare yourself to. Like coming to HRC and having to go up against Mark Marquez and being like, well, you're not doing as well as our other guy is. Yeah, well, no shit, because nobody does as well as Mark yeah. Marquez does on any given weekend. So I get it, you know, Marquez up on the pedestal and him trying to chase it down on a new bike with a new factory, you know, new engineers, new coaches. And, and, you know, I I mean, it's a, it's gotta be a tough situation for him and hopefully he gets it together, but lots of talks of it not being natural, but no transition is going to be natural. So if hopefully he can get that knack together and just put together on race day. But yeah, until he does that, I think it's a lot of middle of the pack, you know, outside the top 10 for Lorenzo, unfortunately. So if that ultimatum is real, I mean, there are plenty of people that would like to take a spot in HR and Repsol. Like, oh yeah. And, and, and hotter Honda riders on, on satellite teams that, that could excel. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be a, a super, it wouldn't be a crazy transition and they would just have a better team around them to help them excel. Hashtag Cal Crutchlow. But anyway, <laughs> I'm sure they have their, their, their sights on some other guys. So yeah, quiet week for news, but let's talk about free practice and qualifying. This has been so far for me this year, the best like FP one, two and three and four and qualifying. We're all super exciting. It was like edge of your seat type of stuff because the weather conditions were crazy. Uh, we had Valentino Rossi with a broken chain. FP one kind of set him back a little bit. FP one and two, he was outside the top 10. Um, yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts overall on, on free practice and in qualifying? Yeah, for Rossi, as far as his whole Friday was just a disaster. Like he just didn't perform. He didn't. He had bad luck. Like I just he he wants to completely just disregard Friday. I'm pretty sure. But the big thing for me is being at Le Mans, being in France, is Quartararo. Like he is obviously. I mean the Q1 and Q2. He didn't. I mean Q2 didn't come out how he wanted to. But as far as free practices, he just was on it. And I mean he's coming off a bad luck back in Spain where he just had a malfunction and which he should have been probably podium. So he, and then he, his home crowd right now, he wants to perform and show what he can do. I don't know if you agree, like the Patronus team period, they're a young team. Like they're super right impressive. They're super impressive. The, the Yamaha Patronus team is, I said it last week, anywhere you put that Patronus name, you see success right with Mercedes and F1 and then now here in MotoGP but it's their first year in the top class and it only took them four races to figure it out and they're right there they're they're fighting with everybody the Promac Ducati teams I mean not even just satellite teams but you know factory teams they're right there fighting with them so and it helps to have Morbidelli you know Moto2 champion it helps to have Quartararo very promising rookie um yeah last last race in in Jerez was not didn't work out in his favor, but again, all through, like you said, free practice, he was at the top of the charts. Um, but that kind of sounds like Vinales too, at the top of the charts, all throughout free practice, super consistent. Like literally like before the weather today, I was watching, I was like, man, Vinales had a good race last weekend on the podium, showed some, some resilience and, and came up and fought through and got on the third step. And then uh, this week he's consistent again. And I was like, okay, maybe Vinales is starting to turn around. Maybe he's going to be the real deal. But today in, in qualifying with the weather and, and everything that happened, I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, he, I was, I'm kind of a Yamaha fanboy, so I was happy to see him finally put a result on there, honestly, because like he, 
started off so good. I mean, coming from Suzuki, he looked promising, and then it kind of fell off kind of thing, it seems like. And then this year, I mean, he's, uh, he's super fast in all the qualifying and practices and everything like that, and finally got a podium because he hasn't produced anything else yet this season. And I hate to write him off, but, like, we'll see who shows up on Sunday. Like, I don't know what who which one will show up. I think he uh, – we were talking before that he's very Lorenzo-ish to me. Is mm-hmm. He's in good conditions before he's going to perform. Right. No, yeah, that makes sense. But, I mean, we can say who shows up on Sunday, but sitting here right now knowing the weather and all the variables and the factors that are coming to play – I don't know who's going to show up or what's going to happen. We're looking at the, the, the front row. You got Marquez on top, and that seems normal to you. If you just like Googled, hey, results, hey, Marquez on top, that's cool. No, he wrecked in qualifying after putting in that good lap. And, I mean, the fact that Petrucci's up there, love Petrucci. Um, Jack Miller's up there. He was a class act this weekend helping Renz after his – or excuse me, helping Yo- Johan Mir after his FP3 crash. Uh, he was struggling to get his bike back to the pit lane, and Miller came in behind him and basically gave him a tow. So I think Jack Miller is probably the most comfortable rider that we've seen this weekend, just super chill, uh, confident and selfless, and just going out there and, and making it happen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see which Vinales shows up, which Lorenzo shows up. But given the amount of variables, tomorrow's race is, for me, it's not a coin toss, but it's, it's really up in the air for, for the top six on the grid probably. I was looking at the weather, and it doesn't look like it's going to be a wet race. It looks like there's a chance like later on, so we'll see what the weather does. But, yeah, the the rain uh, free practices and the dry free practices were completely different results as far as who was at the top, other than Marquez. Yeah, indeed. I, and I wanted to see – well, so let's talk about, like, the practices. So uh, those rolled into Q1, and Q1 we saw some big names out there, Rossi. Rins, Morbidelli, Crutchlow, all hanging out in Q1, trying to get to Q2. Couldn't get it under free practice, uh, each with their own issues. But uh, Rossi came out with the soft tires for Q1. And I think that kind of threw a wrench into everybody's gears because they didn't expect that to happen. I don't know who made the decision, if it was Valentino or his team. I'm sure he came in and was like, hey, give me the softs. I can do it right now. It looks okay. You know, so... And he went out and he set the fastest lap by by far, by a second and change. He was in the 137s on those soft tires during Q1 and safely made it through. And it was funny to to just watch all the teams reacting. They're like, uh-oh, Valley's on softs. We all got to get back in. You know, so just talk me through that experience. Man, he said he, he just said panic through that, that paddock, it seemed like, when he started just blowing the water. Because everybody was watching him. He, he's on edge the first probably two laps trying to get heat in those tires. And then, like you said, it was almost a solid two seconds. And, like, he was comfy. I mean, what he his last probably two, three minutes, he wasn't even on the track. And, like, it was a good decision, obviously. And then some of those guys came in, took wets, and then uh, – or, I mean, took slicks. And they went back, came back in, and got rain tires again because they couldn't do what he did. Yeah, and they, they talked about during the broadcast where it was uh, the – the intermediate tire where'd that go where is that now so they have a soft and a medium rain tire or wet tire and the new the medium wet is now basically the new intermediate tire so big gamble by valentino and it it paid off big time because he not only made it into q2 but he qualified fifth so he'll be starting from the middle of the second row tomorrow and for his chances to get another a podium here at, at Le Mans, 
Like that's a good spot to be in. So right in the middle of the second row. I mean, it, it all worked out for the Yamaha team. And he tried to do the opposite of that in Q2. If I moved to Q2, he, but it was not as, I think he should have been thankful that he was in Q2 and should have just ran the, the reins. I mean, it worked out. Obviously he's fit, but yeah, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. He's, he's the old Wiley veteran on the track, right? Like he's, he can do no wrong in my eyes to an extent, right? He's not going to be involved in any drama, but um, KTM, I see this up there. So you want to talk about KTM a little bit, right? They're showing pace and uh, what do you think they've done or how have they improved? Is it just the weather? Um, are their riders getting better? Are the engineers figuring out the bike and, and getting some more pace into that bike? Uh, what do you see with that team? I think the bikes are getting better. I mean, Obviously, Zarco and Polis Vargo, they're both very good riders. They can do results. They may not be championship winning, but they can compete. I mean, you've seen Zarco before win races. And he, they talking about in KTM, they're talking about free practices. They brought us a bunch of new parts, a bunch of new updates, upgrades, whatever they called it. They were, they didn't specify what it was. Yeah, the new carbon fiber swing arm they were showing off there in practice. I remember yeah. seeing that. Yeah. If you look through the free practices, um, Zarco had top was top ten of free practices in one and three, and then Paul Spargo. I mean, he he made it through to Q two. I mean, it wasn't he didn't get the result he wanted to. Or I'm sorry, that was yeah he didn't make it through Q two. He crashed, but yeah, Leish. Well, Leish and Paul. So they both made it through. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And and Leish on the Aprilia, and then Paul Spargo. So brothers in GP, which is amazing on the top class, but. Pole Aspargo, KTM, Leisha Aspargo, Apria Racing. So, there's actually, you say that there's a few names on that Q2 that's starting in the top 12 that's not the normal big names. I mean, you got Nakagami. Nakagami, yes, exactly. So that's yep. Where did that come from? So, yep, LCR Honda. So, I, and originally in the week, watching the practices and, and going into qualifying, I was like, man, this is a, this is a Honda Yamaha track. Maybe it doesn't favor Ducati, but always late in the session, whether it was FP1, 2, 3, you see Ducati coming out and, and Davi putting in good times. Everybody's been praising Davi as far as his, his prowess in the rain or in damp, wet conditions uh, yet to be seen. He was fourth this week, so you know that's still a good finish for qualifying. Uh, he'll be starting right there on the second row. But we'll see how that translates tomorrow during the race because – yeah, some some veteran names and some young hungry names up here in the, in the top ten. So I'm excited. I, this is probably the most excited I've been for a race. I think in a in a while. They're all good usually, but the amount of variables that we have this week just makes it a little more sweeter than it would normally be. You know, it's completely unpredictable. Like yeah, you said before, you have no idea who's going to win tomorrow. And in this track, let's. I want to take a second to talk about Le Mans, the Le Mans circuit. So. Um, we talked about a little bit with Barcelona, Catalonia, that track for F1, they use it for testing. It's kind of a little bit of everything. Um, you got a, a fast first sector, a tight third sector, and a kind of intermediate second sector. I feel like this race at this circuit, there's a reason they run the 24 hours here. There's a reason that this track has been chosen and, and used year after year to test teams and manufacturers to see what they can produce because it's a tricky, tricky circuit. I mean... I'm not a motorcycle rider, but just looking at it, that turn one coming in, you know, it's that long right turn and you're, you're working your way down through the gears into the left. And it's just, 
there's a lot of technical errors in this track. The double right-hander at the end turns 13 and 14 before the straight. We saw a lot of people early on in practice, they were just biting the curb and getting after it, and some people falling out because of it. But now once the weather came down, people were avoiding the curbs like it, you, hot lava, you know, like when you were a child playing that game on the ground. So everybody was staying away from the curbs, and we'll see tomorrow what the, track temp, what the track's like, and the temperatures and, and the weather. But it's a tricky circuit. It's very technical, I think, to nail it down a good lap. So I do like the, the first chicane they come through. Watching them transition through that is amazing how fast they go back and forth. I love watching that one. But you do talk about the lower temperatures. Um, talking about the Patronas team being young, like something they've struggled with, or maybe not struggled with, but something they're learning is tire management. And lower temps, if it's lower temps tomorrow, maybe that wouldn't be a factor for them. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, hot weather, sticky tire, you know, you can lose it. And what usually, I mean, in my experience, what I've seen is the front. The front goes out early, depending on how you're coming into corners. If you're, you know, trail braking, downshifting, how much pressure you're putting on that front end of that bike. And you see a lot of times people lose it on the front tire. But I think if the weather's going to be damp or wet, we're going to see a lot of people on the intermediate, or excuse me, intermediate, uh, the wet medium tire. That's probably going to be what they start the race on. If we have a sort of dry, wet condition, then we might have some drama depending on tire selection. And this is a flag-to-flag race. Like, we're not... So that... I mean, those are always exciting, too, when they come into the pits and they swap out. And you got to think that the Marquez's, Rossi, the, the confident veteran riders, they're going to go out, Davi even, these are going to come out on a the slickest tire they can find. Right? And if they need to come in and change, they'll come in and change. But the people that are fighting for the podium, uh, they're going to take every advantage they can get. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what I want to see. Maybe I want to see a flag to flag. Maybe I don't. I kind of just want to see good racing, which I think we'll get no matter what tomorrow. Actually, I don't think I saw any people, anybody practicing that, that bike transition like we usually see. Quattararo came in. He he did a little quick jump from one to the other. Yeah, he did that at the end of uh, I think it was FP4. You know, I, I saw him come in and he did a quick jump. But yeah, I mean they, I mean they'll all be fine. You're gonna lose what a second or two, but. It's nothing like uh, like crazy pit stops and tires and air wrenches being all messed up. You're literally hopping from one bike to the next. So, so hopefully there's not too much time lost. And I really don't expect any team to be proficient, if you will, at, at that action because it's one of those things that happens maybe once or twice a year. So uh, you roll the dice and you take your bets. But who do you like? If it's, so if it's a dry race tomorrow, uh, you know, who's, your, who's your top three, you think? If it's a dry dry damp race no no rain just kind of wet this actually changed after we just watched q2 so i originally had wrens up there i i like wrens i like watching him ride but i he's starting in what i think it was 18th 19th he's way back there i just i i hate to even give him a chance on that i guess so my podium for i don't know if it's going to change too much between dry and wet i'm gonna put marquez winning he's just He's on a streak right now, and he showed a little bit to me as of he what he crashed twice. Um, he had a bunch of close calls, like that's almost old old school Marquez where he's pushing that limit to find it before the race. So I like that. Yep. And then I like Quartararo for second, just because okay. it's a home race. He's he's doing good. Okay. I'm actually gonna pick Rossi for my third, just because he's consistent right now. So no Ducatis. 
No Ducatis. See, so that's where, consistent on Sundays. That's where you lose me because I, <laughs> I feel like this is not Magello. This is not the next race coming up where the Ducati is going to overpower everybody. Hopefully, we'll see. But Petruck's my boy, and he went out there and he performed. I think they talk about Davi in the wet, Jack Miller on Ducati. I think the Ducati is the bike to watch tomorrow. I mean, oh, I don't know. I just don't see how. If it's I mean, or I guess we're talking dry. We're talking dry damp. So yeah. you're right. Dry damp. I'm going to go Honda Yamaha. But I think wet, you're going to see those Ducatis perform because of the rider, the quality of rider they have on that bike and, and the bike itself. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Rins, 19th. Johan Mir, 18th. Yep. Right, right behind Carol Abraham and Miguel Oliveira on the KTM bike. And uh, right behind Rins, Tito Rabat and Cyrene and... Iannone, Andre Iannone, man, sorry that a pre it, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let me run down real quick. So Marquez on pole. Here's the front row: Marquez, Petrucci, Miller. Second row: Davi, Rossi, Morbidelli. Third row: Nakagami, Lorenzo, Aspargro. So fourth row, we're looking at Quartararo and Vinales in pole Aspargro. Those three, that fourth row, that's a good row. Those guys have been Absolutely. hot all through free practice. If you have good conditions tomorrow. Expect those three to climb the pack. I see Nakagami falling back a little bit. I see Lorenzo falling back just because that's what's probably going to happen. Um, Leish, you know, love you. But, you know, I see Vinales and Quartararo eating that, eating, that, eating that up. So, yeah, the first few laps will be crucial tomorrow. Crucial, I think. I will agree with you. If it's a wet race, I'll give you Ducati up there because I like Miller and I like Davi in the wet. Like, yeah, especially Miller, like they're taking a podium. Like one of them will. Yeah. If you're not a Miller fan after this weekend, just because of seeing him in practice and the way he's, I don't know, like, again, like you love to see a class act. Like I always appreciate that in racing. Nobody likes a sore loser. You know, nobody likes people that make excuses. Um, when you see somebody go out and they perform and they can help another guy out on a separate team and just realize we're all in this together. We're all risking our lives, you know, going out here and doing what we do. So I just, that will sell me, you know, as a consumer, you know, as a, as a customer, like anything, if you, if you go out there and you have good ethics and values, like it just makes, I just want to love you more. You know what I mean? It's one of those stories. So yeah, Jack Miller, you know, he's having fun too, doing wheelies, shaking gravel out of his Oh yeah. So yeah, after the wreck. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He went up and like put it up on one wheel. And he was just wiggling the bike around, like trying to get the gravel loose to make sure he can go in and do another lap. But Oh, man. Yeah, I think Marquez, uh, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. The only person that could beat Marquez is Marquez for the most part. So if he makes mistakes, um, it's insane. His pace is insane. I don't understand. Like, Vinales goes out, we're all like, oh, yeah, he's great. He's just putting in consistent lap times. And Marquez comes out of the pits and just, boom, beats it by two-tenths. Like, out of nowhere. The fact that he can adapt so quickly on the bike and just read the conditions and, and find those lines and and get it done it just blows my mind but i think him and honda too is a perfect marriage i don't know what he would look like on another bike if he ever had to leave this team you know if he fell back but yeah and he tied uh valentino rossi today uh 55th so tied for second all time most pole positions uh in history so that oh man i'm gonna mess i'm gonna mess this up but the individual in first place i should know his name help me out nash I don't even know this one. You got Nick, me on that one. Nick, it's older. It's an older name, um, but it's pretty safe to say that if he has three more pole positions, which he probably will by the end of this year, that he'll be the number one, 
you know, pole position rider of, of all time. So, which is pretty crazy. I think that'll be one of the uh, many records that oh, yeah. has crush in his career. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, let's see if there's anything else we need to cover. Moto 2 had a little bit. I haven't got to watch Q2 yet, but um, I know Baldessari, so I don't know if you pay attention at all. Baldessari seven point seventeen points up in that series right now. Like, and we're only what five races in. Like, he's he's not running away with it, but he's not far from it. Mm-hmm. And the, his second place was Tom Luti, who's behind him, and he crashed in Q1, but he did he pulled a Marquez, he crashed in Q1, picked it back up, and still finished first out of Q1 to make move on to Q2. So I'm curious where that goes. But I don't know. We were I was watching the uh, free practices, and Balasar is about the only consistent one out of the top three in their points. Uh, I don't know if you had paid attention to it all, but yeah, was Baldessari in the? Was he? Is he always been? He's not racing GP yet, has he? No. Okay, because the name is definitely there because he's been a competitor and he's been up there in the you know in the talk. So I was just trying to remember thinking back to last year, but yeah, Moto Two quality is happening as we are recording this right now, like you were saying before. <laughs> so I mean, we try to come at you fresh, fresh after the action. That way, it's all you know in our minds, but. Yeah, I'll definitely catch up on it. I'll definitely watch uh, some Moto2 action because that's some good racing too. I mean, you can't really discount anything. MotoGP 2 yeah. or 3, it's all it's all fun stuff. So, I mean, people talk about Moto football GP. Sunday. You know, you'll watch all the games. You might as well just watch Moto3, 2, and GP because that's about as exciting as, as an NFL Sunday for me. So. Moto3 is a blast to watch. I don't remember last year. Moto3 is the race where the uh, rider crashed and the other one jumped his bike when he hit. Oh, it was a terrible – yeah, yeah, I remember that wreck. Yeah. That was insane. Here at Le Mans, like yeah, they were they were showing that earlier this morning. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just excited for tomorrow. It's going to be a great race. Um, hopefully, this preview did y'all some justice, and you guys are as pumped as we are. Um, again, let's make some picks though before we close this out. So, um, I know we did a little bit with the wet and dry, but let's just go with one, the one rider that we're standing at the top of the podium tomorrow. Who do you think? Marquez. I'm gonna pick Marquez all day. How about you? Oh, I mean, it's. I feel like it's the easy out, right? But I can't pick what it you is. picked. It is. I can't pick what you picked, and he's aggressive as hell. We saw how many saves he had, right? Like, he's insane. Sorry, I'm diverging again. We're taking a right turn here when we should be taking a left turn or going straight. But the fact that with the way he lays down, and, like, he almost anticipates the bike's going to wreck, and then he just, like, plants his elbow or his knee and pops it back up, you know, like, every time. It's so unreal. Even the last crash in qualifying, he just basically held onto the bike and kept it level, if you will, from rotating over and, and got back on it and kept going. Like it's it's unreal the way he can just anticipate it and pop it back up. That's not natural. That's not normal. Usually if something lets go, you 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 Jesus take the wheel, you know, and you just kind of <laughs> let it, you know, hope you, you learn how to fall properly, you know. So he he's taking that another step. So I won't go mark. Um uh, I'd really like to see Davi win just for the championship, just to keep the points close and keep everything interesting. Um, I'd like to see Davi on the top step of the podium. I love Petrucci. He's my guy, but um, coming for that factory Ducati team, Davi has experience. He has a knowledge if it's wet. I think he's a guy to watch. He'll, he'll, he'll maintain his position. He'll take care of his tires and he'll make some moves at the end of the race. He's done it before. He can do it again. So Davi's my pick uh, for the race tomorrow. He's also been, quietly consistent this year oh yeah you can't discount him at all no for sure for sure man 
All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, that's been a preview of the French Grand Prix from OGP. Very exciting race weekend. Super pumped for tomorrow. As always, if you like the show, please leave a review, subscribe, share. You can always contact us at the weekly overtake at gmail.com. Um, if you have any questions or inputs, we would love to answer your questions on the show or uh, talk about you know any topics that you would provide to us. So as always, we'll see you next week. And thank you for listening. Goodbye.